Back in early break. No Jake Sorensen this week. Nick Sainert with you. Steve Sipple joining me as always. Let's head to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, where we are joined by Robin Washit of On3. Hello, Robin. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. All right, so let's just let's just dive right into it. Uh, Husker football, one of the biggest questions heading into this season is offensive line. You talked to Teddy Prohaska yesterday. What, what did you kind of gain out or get out of his his kind of situation that he is in coming off of an injury and heading into the 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, all reports from his end are that he's ready to roll. Um, you know, they've been fairly cautious with just easing him back and making sure that there were no setbacks along the way with his recovery. But basically since, um, you know, his injury was uh, you know, identified through the MRI, the whole goal from that point on, um, going back to October of last year, was to have him ready for the start of summer conditioning and fall camp. So he is very much on track with that. He's essentially a full participant in everything they're doing um, with their summer workouts right now. And uh, he says he'll be ready to go for fall camp, and that's a really big deal for Nebraska because um, he's being expected to be uh, the front runner at that starting left tackle spot, and uh, they need him healthy. Uh, he was off to a very quick start with his career last year, um, obviously got derailed by that injury. So he's got some some uh, ground to make up with, with missing all of spring ball, especially um, during a transition uh, with a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator and all that. But um, as far as the, the physical aspect, um, he is right on track, if not a little bit ahead of schedule. And um, in the meantime, you know, he's been able to really kind of focus his attention on just learning the, the mental aspects of the offense and getting caught up as much as he can in that regard. Robin Washett joins us from on3.com. Robin, I don't know how much you've contemplated the offense, Nebraska, the Nebraska offensive line, which returns eight guys with starting experience. I mean, there's quite a bit of experience back. They did lose easily their best lineman in Cam Jurgens. What should the expectations be for this offensive line? What and, and what do you think it's going to look like? I mean, what's the configuration? Well, that's probably the biggest question of the offseason right now, um, where that whole unit is just full of question marks right now, where even your most known commodities, you know, we just talked about Teddy Prohaska, but Turner Corcoran is very much, you know, we don't even know where he's going to play. Um, you know, we, we assume Trent Hickson is going to be the center, but, um, you know, that I guess has yet to be finalized. And then obviously the guard positions are completely up in the air. So mm-hmm. across the board, one through five, there's a question mark at every spot. And so add that with a new offensive line coach, kind of bringing a different approach, some, some different schematic uh, stuff to the table there. And there's just a lot of unknowns to where I don't know what the expectations are. Um, clearly that group vastly underperformed last year, um, especially in their pass protection and inability to consistently uh, move the line of scrimmage in the run game. So, you know, the bar is relatively low. So you would hope that there would be improvement with the experience that you mentioned coming back, um, even with losing a guy like Cam Jerkins. But until we actually see this complete picture on the field together for the first time, um, you know, they didn't, they still haven't even done it. Turner Corcoran and, uh, was extremely limited. Um, obviously, Prohaska was out uh, for all the spring. So you, know, you look at those two projected starters that you know were hardly even on the field all spring. So you know this coaching staff doesn't even know what that picture looks like right now. Um, so 
uh, you know, right now you can kind of guess at who might line up where, but I think that's very much a fluid situation as they continue that search to try to find, um, you know, their best five. And um, I think it starts with the two tackles. If they think that, um, you know, obviously Teddy's ready to roll and then we'll see what happens with Turner Corbin or Bryce Benhart. And then what happens with that, I think has a direct correlation with what happens at guard. And so there's just kind of a ripple effect of um, questions that still don't have answers uh, that I think are going to go a long way in, in determining uh, what, that offensive line starting group and rotation ultimately look like. We also wonder about the receiver rotation, Robin Washett of on3.com. How much of a chance is there that we would see Isaiah Garcia Castaneda trot out as a starter August 27th in Dublin? It wouldn't surprise me um, at all. Obviously he, he too missed the spring with an injury. He had a hamstring injury that uh, he actually suffered uh, late last season at New Mexico State, and um, he was able to return to, to finish out last year and you know, kind of just went through the, the transfer portal process, got to Nebraska, everything was fine. Uh, then right before spring ball, you know, he was just running routes with some of the receivers and quarterbacks and turned up uh, on a route and felt a pop in that hamstring. So that that ended his spring right there. Um, you know, he too just kind of had to make the most of his situation with a bunch of mental reps, but uh, he was brought here for a reason. You know, he, he he came to Nebraska with the expectation that he was going to not just compete for playing time, but uh, compete for a starting job. And he's a veteran guy who has about as strong of a work ethic um, as anybody on the team. You know, he comes from a military family and just is kind of a, a no BS type guy that, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of competition in that room, but, you know, he's, He's a proven player, um, you know, had good production uh, during his time at New Mexico State, and you know, he just kind of carries himself the right way on and off the field. And so he's, he said he's ready to roll. Um, he's fully participating in workouts and will be hitting the ground running in fall camp. And, again, there's a lot left to shake out there with, with how many options they have at wide receiver. But, um, like I said, Nebraska actively recruited him to, you know, come in and, and be a factor. And as long as – He's healthy and the same type of player they expected when they signed him. I don't think there's any reason why he can't vault his way into that conversation for a starting job uh, at some point in fall camp. Robin, me and Sip just had the conversation last segment about Casey Thompson and, and the, the situation that he's walking into. Maybe the best situation that Nebraska's been in in the last four years under Scott Frost. I mean, is that something that you would agree with when, when you look at the, the personnel that's surrounding Casey Thompson is this the best we feel about Nebraska's offensive potential in the last four years? Potentially. Um, you know, I think that the, the numbers at wide receiver help. Um, having a guy like Travis Volkolek back, uh, tight end, and um, some of the young guys they have there help. Uh, they seem to have a lot of options at running back, albeit uh, hardly any of them are proven at the you know, Big Ten level. But um, I think there's, there's potential with that group. The issue for me, though, is, is still that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's probably as big of a question mark as it's been under Frost, where at least there was at least a, you know, some clarity as to what that group was going to look like at this point in the calendar and all the previous years, whereas now, you know, again, like I said, there's, you can't even begin to answer a lot of those questions just because of all the unknowns there. So I think that is going to be as much of a determining factor in – that question um, as anything. 
uh, you know, doesn't matter who's back there. If it's Adrian Martinez or Casey Thompson or, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, if you can't block, they're going to get, they're going to get knocked around and the offense is going to struggle. If you can't run the ball, the offense is going to struggle. So how that offensive line picture comes together will, uh, will, will determine for me uh, whether this is a, a the best op, uh, situation a Nebraska offense has had or if it's you know going to be potentially more the same. Robin Washett joins us. Robin, the 2022 NBA draft is nine days away. Bryce McGowan's where is he on the board right now? Where what what what's your projection for Bryce McGowan's in the NBA draft? It's kind of all over the place. You know, there's you look at all the the national mock drafts out there. He's anywhere from you know 21st overall uh, to you know the very end of the first round to early in the second round. I think there's a lot of conflicting opinions about him, uh, and a lot of that is due to his stock being so heavily weighted on potential, to where. You know, obviously last year was not great as far as team success. Um, he had a lot of inconsistency with his play, but people saw how he improved and changed his game from the beginning of last season to the end of last season to where you know, he wasn't just jacking up a bunch of threes. He was actively taking the ball to the rim, being aggressive, uh, and just kind of being more assertive uh, you know, against Big Ten level competition. So that's that's a positive for him. Um, the fact that he put on almost 20 pounds of muscle since the beginning of last season is a big positive for him. Uh, and then I think his performance this offseason in the individual team workouts and at the NBA Combine uh, also helped you know, bolster his stock. So I still see him as a first-round pick. Um, it'll be at the back end of that first round. Um, I've looked at a lot of mocks, and maybe the consensus landing spots are places like Memphis or Golden State. Uh, which for me would be the absolute ideal situation for him to where he can come in to uh, you know an established franchise that will allow him time to develop uh, and you know give him an opportunity to kind of ease his way into the next level rather than um, either a being taken too high and having a lot of a lot of too a lot of pressure put on him right away or uh, being taken too late to where you know he's maybe not necessarily a priority in their long-term plan. So if that's the way it shakes out, I think that's going to be ideal for him. Uh, my guess is, again, that he gets his name called at the back end of the first round and uh, ends up going to a really good opportunity. Awesome. Robin, appreciate the time. As always, good stuff as always as well. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you later. That is Robin Washington of On3.com. All right, it's time to play the game show. Let's do it. 402-464-5685. How good do you feel about college football coaches? And where they're coaching. And where they're coaching. Okay. Yep. You, I'll tell you the school. You tell me the coach. 402-464-5685. Time to play the game show. Let's do it. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, Shut up, Sipple! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Sipple. Call now to play. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. Alrighty, let's do it. 402-464-5685. The Honda Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line. How good do you feel about college football coaches? All right. Jordan has decided to step up. Good morning, Jordan. How's it going? 
Good. How about you? Not too bad. All right, Jordan, how do you feel about college football coaches? I guess we'll find out. All right, sounds good. First one goes to you, Jordan. Who is the coach of the Syracuse Orange? Who is the coach of the Syracuse? Steve Arnold. Steve Arnold. Hmm. Oh, I, there, I pushed the wrong one. Sip, would you like to steal? Yes, I will like. Yeah, I think I would like to steal this. All right. If I'm not mistaken, this is a steal. Yes. Dino Babbers. Dino Babers. Close Dino enough. Babbers. We'll give it to you. Okay, we'll give it Dino to you. Ba- All yeah, right, I nice job. So. so it's Dino Babers. Yeah. All right. Next one goes to you, Sipple. Are you sure it's not Dino Bab? But anyway. I, I don't know. It's B-A-B-E-R-S. Uh, I, I believe it would be Babers. Okay. Anyway, who is the head coach for the Missouri Tigers? Eli Drinkwitz. That's easy. All right. All right, Jordan. You need this one to stay alive. Who is the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers? Tennessee Volunteers. Butch Davis. That's a win. I'm sorry. That's a win for Sip. Hit the horns. Hit the horns. Nice job. Thank you, Jordan, for playing. Do I play this one then? Keep playing. You're fine. That's fine. We're just going to play that. Just play the horns over and over. Play the horns over and over. (laughs) That's enough of those horns. Like when the Tampa Bay Lightning. Have you ever noticed when the Tampa Bay Lightning score a goal, they play the horns? Yeah, they play the horns. Congrats, Jordan. You still win. You still win. Bagel stick on the line. Gus is getting your information. Appreciate you playing. Um, The other one, do you know Florida's head coach? I'm sorry? Do you know Florida's head coach? Yeah, it's the guy that came from um, Louisiana. It's true. It's, he, he was the former head coach at Louisiana whose name is escaping me at a bad time right now. That's true. Can you give me a hint? Billy. Billy Napier. Napier. Nice job, Yeah, Sip. Billy Napier. Nice job. Maybe that was a little too easy. I don't know. I, I, I That's 18 and 11 is what that is. 18 and 11. Jordan, thank How you for that? calling. Yes, thank you. Jordan, thank you for calling. Thank you for all the participation today. I'm amazed in mid-June how 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 flowing the text line is. Oh, I know. I love it. How jacked the phone lines are. God bless you all. Believer says, where's Jake? Jake is in uh, Lake Tahoe. Jake is vacationing. Yeah, he's vacationing. He went on a 12-mile hike yesterday. 12 miles, not 16. 16. That's good. It wasn't 16. It was 12. That seems like enough. He sent me a picture, and I said, enjoy vacation. And he said, oh, I am. Yes. I said, good. Thank you for the text rundown. Yep. (laughs) All right, spill over is next. <laughs> Only one more segment I have left with Sipple. Thank goodness. We'll be back. Early break on the ticket. Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller.
Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller.